This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. Welcome to the Bartender Journey Podcast number 143. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about cocktails and bartending and spirits. I'm glad you're joining me today. Hope your holidays were great if you're listening to this as I record it here a few days after Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Festivus, and all those other things you might be celebrating. So uh, New Year's Eve coming up, and I uh, hope you're going to make a lot of money uh, behind the bar or have a good time, drink some good cocktails, and most of all, be safe. New Year's Eve is coming up, so uh, by the time you hear this, it might be 2016. I don't know. Hey, today we're going to hear more of my interview with Tim Hurley. We're going to talk all about Irish whiskey. He's the U.S. brand ambassador for Tullamore Dew, and we sat down at the Swift Tiberian Lounge in Manhattan and uh, talked for for a while. And uh, so you heard, uh, if you didn't hear the previous episode, please go back and listen to that. Uh, that's episode 142, and that's the beginnings of the, uh, the interview. Uh, that was kind of a short episode because it was right around Christmas, and I just didn't have time, and the bar was busy and everything else. So, um, But here we go. This is going to be the second half of that. We're going to talk a lot about Irish whiskey. I told you last week the Cider Shake competition is on, so if you're listening to this as I record it, as I release it, uh, you have a few more days left, uh, New Year's Eve, actually. So December 31st, 2015 is the cutoff for that. So you can enter yourself at CiderShake.com, and you can vote for my video. I would sure appreciate it. You, if you go to, uh, well, I'll put a link up on bartenderjourney.net so you can find it easily that way. That might be the easiest way to find it. Or you can use the YouTube app on your phone, search for Mighty Manzana. Mighty, M-I-G-H-T, Manzana, M-A-N-Z-A-N-A. Mighty Manzana. Manzana's Spanish for apple. So thumbs up for my video on YouTube, please. Hey, if you're going to enter, let me know. I'll vote for yours too. Quid pro quo. Am I saying that right? Quid pro quo. (laughs) Anyway, uh... Yeah, but please vote for my video. I want to win this contest, or uh, I want either you or me to win. Let's put it that way. Hey, let's move on to uh, Eggs and Cocktails again. This will be Eggs and Cocktails Part 3. I keep learning more and more things about, uh, more and more interesting things about it. There's something new. Well, it's not new at all, but a new use for an old thing. It's being called aquafaba, and it's uh, the liquid that comes in that can of chickpeas, and it's a substitute for egg whites, and apparently it works really well. I admit I have not tried this yet. I will try to get to it this week and I report on it next week, but um, I've apparently it's amazing. You use it instead of egg whites uh, when, when you're cooking, baking, or uh, when you're making cocktails. It works apparently it works just as well, and uh, I heard from a listener uh, named Zach, and he, he told me there's a bar near, a vegan bar near him that's doing it and it's and it's great and you can't tell the difference at all so uh the advantages obviously are uh several you don't have to worry so much about simonella well you know which is a concern when you're dealing with raw eggs it's cheap and plentiful it's probably cheaper than uh eggs themselves i definitely i would say it's definitely cheaper than eggs and uh what else you know maybe the guests uh won't be you know some guests are weary of having raw egg whites in their cocktails so uh that's another advantage there and of course it's vegan I first heard about this on the Tales of the Cocktail website. It was a blog post on talesofthecocktail.com. The author of this blog post, Elizabeth Rushy, uh, interviewed a bartender from Berlin, Thelonious Bar in Berlin. His name is Keith Corwin, and uh, he, he talks about it, and uh, the, I'll link to this article as well on bartenderjourney.net. But uh, he says he uses it instead of the egg whites, same proportions, uh, in his whiskey sa- sour here, and uh, he does dry shake it, 
first. He talks about uh, making sure the shaker is straight up and down, not bent like it usually is when you're dry shaking to avoid that that leak uh, that I've spoken about in the past where uh, if you don't have ice in your shaker, if you're doing a dry shake, a lot of times it makes a mess. So uh, he talks about making that straight up and down, so that makes a lot of sense. He dry shakes it for 10 to 15 seconds, adds the ice, and then uh, really goes to town on the shaking. And uh, he does actually strain that through a fine strainer and uh, double strain it. So uh, it looks great. Like I said, I have to try this. I'm going to report back to you on that next week. But the ongoing saga of egg whites and cocktails. There you go. All right, let's do our book of the week. Uh, And it's going to be Speakeasy, the employees only book by Jason Cosmos and Deshaun Zarek. And uh, I've probably spoken about this book before, but it's worth talking about again. It's a great book. Um, Man, you know, I love that bar and the great cocktail recipes in here. And uh, you really should get this book. I'm telling you, this is a really great book. I saw Dushan recently at um, in Tampa at the Repeal Day conference, and he gave a he gave a great talk. Uh, it was called Health, Wellness, and Other Things, and uh, he he so he called it How to Not Get Upset When Working a Shift. Yeah, how, how to work a shift and not get upset. He said you won't stop getting upset, but you can change your perception. That was such a fun conference because it was uh, so much smaller than Tales of the Cocktail, and you really got to hang out with uh, all the presenters. You know, at night, uh, all the presenters are there hanging out at, at the events, the parties, and they're and they're small events, so you actually get to talk to everybody. So it was really nice to uh, to spend a little time with Deshaun, uh, getting to know him a little better. But uh, a little more about this. Uh, his his conference or his um, seminar, I should say, uh, he quoted Dale DeGroff uh, during the seminar, and, he, and Dale said, "Quote: It's a privilege to serve. There's a difference between serving and being a servant." I thought that was that was well said uh, about being a bartender. Of course, it was well said. Dale DeGroff said it. Deshaun talked about how the days when guests come back for your great cocktails that's gone. Uh, they come back for the experience now. They, he said you can get great cocktails uh, almost anywhere now. <laughs> Not anywhere, but but, you know, in a lot more places than you used to anyway. He talked a lot about um, dealing with difficult guests, and uh, he said human needs, some of the human needs are connection, validation, and approval. And how do you approve of them? Uh, you approve of them by accepting them for who they are. So anyway, that's Deshaun. He's a great guy, great man. And he actually posts all his, uh, he's a great presenter as well, and he posts the slideshows that he uses, his um, PowerPoints, up on the internet. Uh, so you can see all of the PowerPoint presentations he's done for all of his seminars. And uh, I'll put a link up to that on bartenderjourney.net so you can check that out. There's some great, great info on there. And of course, check out his book, Speakeasy, Classic Cocktails Reimagined from New York's Employees Only Bar. And if you go over to bartenderjourney.net, you'll see a link to it. And uh, if you click through to Amazon through any link on Bartender Journey, you'll be helping out the show just a little bit. Uh, and it won't cost you any extra, but Amazon uh, will throw a little bit of money, small percentage this way to uh, help keep this show going, to help pay the bills around here. I'd sure appreciate it. And any shopping you do after clicking through an Amazon link on Bartender tenderjourney.net whether whether you buy this book or another book or or something totally different you can uh help the show out a little bit by doing that that would be awesome thanks all right next let's do a cocktail of the week and since we're talking all about irish whiskey this week i went over to uh telemore Dew's website and found this lovely cocktail it's called the O'Sherry, and we're going to use one and three quarters ounce telemore Dew irish whiskey half an ounce sweet vermouth quarter ounce of sherry and uh, a couple dashes of chocolate bitters stir that up in your uh, mixing cup strain it into a chilled cocktail coupe and uh, that is a yummy delicious drink 
It's along the lines of a Manhattan, and it's uh, great. I love chocolate bitters. They're so good. I use Fee Brothers chocolate bitters. They're really good. I'll have that recipe and a picture of it up on bartenderjourney.net, along with the show notes to go with this show, number 143. If you ever have any trouble finding what you're looking for on uh, bartenderjourney.net, on the upper right-hand side, there's a Google search bar. So if you type in 143 or Irish whiskey, uh, you'll find the you'll find these postings. All right, let's get back to my chat with Tim Hurley. Uh, as I said, you heard part one, hopefully, uh, in the previous episode. And this is part two. He's a brand ambassador for Tullamore Dew. We'll join the chat already in progress. But there was something about the, uh, the taxation, too, right? They were taxed on how many stills you had, so they would use a larger still yeah, rather yeah. than more smaller stills, right? Yeah, and I, I'd love to look into uh, more detail around the world of how taxes influence spirits yeah. as a whole. Oh, yeah. But in Ireland, it was, it was very direct. Um, again, this was back to when we were under British rule. Uh, mm. Brits were quite keen to, you know, tax the Irish on their, on their ishkabaha. So what, what exactly what you're saying is they said, okay, we're going to go after the biggest distilleries and going to tax based on the size and capacity of the still. Makes sense. The bigger the still, the more whiskey you produce, the more tax you should pay. What happened was the Irish were crafty distillers and they decided, okay, we're going to have smaller stills, shallower stills, but we're going to run them more frequently. Ah. So what you had was these very uh, shallow stills because it meant less tax and there was a lot of runs and <laughs> some distilleries to, to meet their volumes required were like just boiling the crap out of their stills. And yeah. It wouldn't have been uh, in terms of patience, in terms of making necessarily be- the best whiskey. So the British were a little bit annoyed about this. Okay, <laughs> listen, we put in this policy. We can't extract any more tax. In fact, we're getting less tax. Mm-hmm. What else do they need? They need malt whiskey or malt, right. malted barley. Yeah. The more malt, malted barley you have, the more whiskey you produce, the more tax you should pay. And our crafty Irish distillers were like, okay, let's, let's experiment with a new mash bill. So they got a mash of malted and unmalted barley, so germinated and un-germinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, ungerminated barley and they experimented with that and what they realized was one it was great because it avoided the tax you know you've less malt so therefore you pay less less tax than that but two it created this fantastic uh, new style of Irish whiskey and it's still very much unique to Irish whiskey in a way because that process isn't done in Scotland at all Um, and what's happened is you get this like great spicy creamy mouth texture. It's real kind of a mouth feel. And um, mm-hmm. I don't want to say oily because oily doesn't feel that uh, enticing, but oh. creamy, buttery, thick yeah, right, almost. Right. Uh, but yeah. in terms of- That's caused by the unmalted barley? Unmalted, the combination, the combination. of malted yeah. and unmalted barley. Uh-huh. So you have brands uh, that would be famous for like Red Breast and Green Spot would be the two ones that people think of with pot still. But what's nice about Tullamore Dew is it's made up of grain whiskey, uh, malt whiskey and pot still whiskey so it's got all three styles of Irish whiskey in one glass and mm. in every bottle mm. so that's that's one thing that people often ask me you know what's the difference between Irish whiskey and uh, American or Scotch and one of the big things we can point to is pot still whiskey that combination of malted right. and unmalted barley but when you call it pot still, that doesn't tell the whole story right I mean yeah it's made in a pot but that's a certain style what's the mash bill when you call it a pot so we so haven't made it Irish easy whiskey. for the world. No, um, we we <laughs> have we have essentially two definitions for the same phrase. Yeah. So pot still 
uh, you're very right in pointing out people think of the copper pot still and but when in Ireland when we say pot still whiskey we mean it is a marsh of malted and unmalted barley that is also then distilled in a copper pot still and okay. um, but in Ireland very recently and um, it's now come into legislation that if you have pot still whiskey single pot still whiskey written on your label or your bottle it has it means it has to mean that mash bill of malted and unmalted barley is there a certain percentage that's written into the law no there's no percentage but typically you're looking from anything from 40 percent to 40 60 or 50 50 ratios that okay. kind of that kind of ratio uh, so so Depending that's on that's, that's one of the whiskeys that's in this blend that we're drinking right now yeah so and then what are the other two so we're drinking tullamore jew irish whiskey so we're having the pot still whiskey, which we know gives you this spice, this creamy texture. The other two, um, malt whiskey, very familiar to, to your listeners. Um, for this unpeated, great citrus, great fruits, very bright. Uh, we also use grain whiskey. We call it maize in Ireland. A um, little bit of malted barley in there for um, the enzymes there to help the conversion. And that's like the, the, the phrase "grain whiskey." Does that necessarily mean it just means a single grain whiskey? Is the it would be the entire phrase, right? Yeah, it's a single is, grain is it whiskey. Always, it's not always corn, right? Uh, in Ireland, it happens to be right. maize or corn, yeah. and you can use wheat. Uh, there's no examples in Ireland right now of distilleries that are using wheat. Uh, I think that will probably change. There's not that many um, column. Uh, uh, grain distilleries in Ireland at the moment. So you're looking at Middleton at the moment. It would be one, the main one. Um, but this is column distilled, it's maize, but you could easily use wheat in there as well. But we find uh, maize or corn gives you kind of more um, more of a, a kind of delicate flavor, more of sweeter notes. Um, and I think for, for me, the grain whiskey really gives you this sweetness, this delicateness and um, we mature it in bourbon casks as well so you get those honey and vanillas coming through as well mm. so grain gives you sweetness and the malt gives you that citrus that fruit and the pot still whiskey gives you that spice and creamy main texture you combine it all you've told them more you irish whiskey so will these three uh age separately in barrels and then be combined well, yeah that, that's what we do so, again uh, we no? in the case of the original we'll uh, we'll age them separately our grain whiskey is bourbon cask matured. Our malt will be bourbon cask matured. And then our pot still will do a combination of uh, bourbon cask and sherry. Mm. And then we'll vat it all together, allow it to marry for, for a period of time. And um, typically the Tullamore original is four, uh, sorry, four to seven years old, mm. um, depending on how the cask mature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always like to point out it's kind of a combination of science and art. Yeah. It's not a case of bang, it's four years old, get it out yeah, of the cask yeah. and into the <laughs> bottle. It's like, let's okay. wait and see and how it matures. So, yeah, um, well, it depends on the, the, the heat and the weather and the exactly. humidity and all kinds of things, I suppose. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. But how it, I'm always fascinated by that, you know, there's all these factors, but yet the, the bottles are pretty consistent year to year to year, you know, whether it's this whiskey or, or any, you know. Most products, they, yeah. it's pretty consistent. You know, unlike wine, where you have vintage sure. wines, and uh, and you know, all the you know, the 2013 Sonoma County was you know so much better or whatever. You know. yeah, yeah. But but in this, you know, consistency is is actually sought after, right? It's it's yeah. And that's that's the art of the the blending uh, yeah. process, and right. particularly when you do it in in large quantities, it, it means you can get that consistency because yeah. you're pulling from from more more casts. So it's 
it truly is a, an art and you know we you know there's a lot of science to it today uh, but it still takes a, a human you know of all things <laughs> with a, with a, taste buds. a human to, <laughs> to taste to sample and um, and make sure make sure it's ready and uh, it's up to the the familiarity and consistency that we know that is Tullamore are they are they doing uh, Irish whiskey cocktails here? They are. Um, one of my favorites uh, is the Tipperary. So the Tipperary is a, a great cocktail. Uh, Irish whiskey, sweet vermouth, and green chartreuse. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, probably the one that gets uh, mentioned a lot around St. Patrick's Day because you know, green chartreuse, anything with green, it must be. <laughs> yeah, it must be. Uh, uh, a mainstay for for Irish whiskey and St Patrick's Day, but in truth, it's a it's a classic cocktail. It's mm. got a lot of great history. And Tipperary is a county in Ireland, and uh, it's it's a very nice county in Ireland. Very good uh, hurling team as well, right. and that's that's an indigenous <laughs> sport. It's not a competitive vomiting, uh, but. Uh, the Tipperary is a great Irish whiskey cocktail that well worth a try. The guys at Swift can make that up uh, no problem as well. So um, one of their others is uh, the Irish coffee as well. Oh, and, yeah, uh, but really one of the things that you know kept Irish whiskey mm. as an industry on life support was the Irish coffee right. phenomenon. I'll just break in here for a second in case you haven't heard part one of my chat with Tim uh, from the previous episode. Uh, we're talking about how uh, there was Irish whiskey had a huge market share in the world for many years and then had a steep decline very quickly. And then now it's uh, renewed uh, renewed interest lately. But uh, so if you haven't heard part one, just go back to the previous episode and take a listen to that uh, at some point. All right, let's get back to it. The Irish coffee, right. it was it was invented in 1940. Uh, in, in San Francisco, right? Uh, no, it was invented, 1940 was invented in Foynes uh, Airport, uh, which is now known oh. as Shannon Airport today. Oh, okay. And when you, <laughs> when you go back there, now, I want you to, it was called uh, Foynes Flying Boat, uh-huh. Flying Boat Port. And uh, because this was back in an era where the boats would land, or sorry, the planes would land in the water. Oh, and okay. um, very popular airport because a lot of the, the planes before they made the leap across the Atlantic would have to stop at Foynes for refueling uh. so that they could make the leap. Like this this flight from uh, Foynes, Shannon, all the way to New York took 18 hours. Ooh. Yeah, t- today it <laughs> takes like six and a half. Yeah. Uh, and it, you had to stop in Newfoundland, all this kind of stuff. So there's oh, a Pan, Pan Am flight that fla- failed to take off uh, or failed to make it uh, all the way to across the Atlantic. They had to turn back and they landed and... Joe Sheridan, who was the head bartender or general manager at Foynes, got worried, listen, you're going to have a lot of cold American <laughs> passengers come in. Can you rustle them up something to, to warm them up? Because they landed in the water. They got brought in a cold winter night. You know, they were freezing. Yeah, yeah. So he r- rustles <laughs> up this, um, what he called a Gaelic coffee at the time, mm-hmm. and gave it to everyone. And somebody was like, oh, what, what is this? Is this a Brazilian coffee? And he goes, no, it's Gaelic coffee. And he, he uh, has his Irish whiskey in, in every one. And um, because there was so much volume of traffic going through Foynes and later Shannon, uh, it became a real international hub. Oh. And there was a gentleman, Stan Delaplane, who was traveling through. He was a journalist in San Francisco, and he, he wrote about it, and he told his friend in San Francisco about uh, the Irish coffee or the Gaelic coffee, which he had seen. Okay. So they went about recreating it. They had awful problems with the cream mm-hmm. um, because it wasn't um, 
of the right fat content so it kept on sinking. Yeah. So they eventually got it right and the Buena Vista in San Francisco became and still is mm -hmm. the epicenter of all things Irish coffee. So I, I like to say it was born in Ireland but made famous in, in San Francisco but oh, yeah. you know swept swept all across America. Tom Bergen's in LA is another one. There's always there's always debate around this. Mm -hmm. Tom Bergen's and uh, the Buena Vista both claim to be the um, the one that made the Irish coffee oh, famous in America. That, that San Francisco story seems to stick uh, yeah. a little more stickiness to it. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the Irish coffee, it's uh, the four major food groups, alcohol, sugar, <laughs> caffeine, and fat. Well, what's your, um, what's your recipe for Irish coffee? Uh, Tullamore Jew, you'd also have uh, brown sugar as well coffee and then heavy whipping cream is the the real secret to it as well to have that that cream flow almost make it look like a guinness almost um, oh okay yeah uh you can have a bit of great it's not supposed to be too stiff right the, the whipped cream no no yeah, um, it's supposed to be kind of kind of loose yeah and the, the, the great thing is when you taste it you know you have that velvety smooth cream on top but you also yeah. have the whiskey and the coffee which is hot like piercing through it and it's just yeah. It's just an injection of personality, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's brilliant when it's done right. But yeah. So so many times it's served, you know, lukewarm. So you've yeah. got to, what, heat up the whiskey? Yeah, well, <laughs> the, you know, the, the best thing to do is uh, have warm water in the glass yeah. beforehand and, yeah. uh, you know, make sure you have um, your coffee coming out at the right temperature as well. So it's... Yeah. Uh, I think it was I think it was uh, Jeffrey Morgenthaler that said he, he, he would uh, warm it in a, in, you know, Take his the whiskey and put it in some kind of vessel, and then put that into warm water Brilliant. to warm to warm the whiskey up a bit. Yeah, you know, not you're not gonna put it in the microwave, obviously. But, yeah, <laughs> or anything like that, or put a lighter under it, but uh, to warm it up, <laughs> you know, you want to light it, you want to warm it up uh, a little bit so it doesn't cool the coffee too much. It's great. Uh, it's great. I am. Um, I, I always worry about being able to handle the coffee in the Irish coffee. I'm, I'm a bit <laughs> caffeine sensitive, so uh, <laughs> no problem with the whiskey though. No problem with the whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, what do you what do you think really uh, has spawned this great new interest in Irish whiskey? Is it the overall interest, new, renewed interest in whiskey as a category, or? Yeah. Uh, um, it's I I think it was always going to be a matter of time. And um, what makes this time so so perfect for it is, um, as as you mentioned, you know, the revival of whiskey as a whole, but also the the taste of Irish whiskey. You know, it's it's kind of. Um, Anything that people like about bourbon, you know, they'll find that quality in Irish whiskey as well. Yeah. It's kind of um, it's kind of that in between in terms of flavor profile of um, bourbon and Scottish, and uh, you know, that's a sweeping generalization yeah. there. But if you're to <laughs> to to um, give it a home, that's that's probably where it is. But I think the real thing about it is. Uh, there's no rules to Irish whiskey, mm. you know. There's no, and it's a lot like what what we said about the Irish pub. There's no pretentiousness to it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no, uh, you have to drink it neat. You have to yeah. have it with this amount of water. You know, it's you can have it on the rocks. You can have it in a mixed drink. You can have it as a shot. You can have it with pickle juice. And <laughs> um, there, there's just that no rules to it. And even within that, we've a lot of uh, more kind of higher age statements you know different finishes that are coming in as well so it's you know it's a, a fun drink uh, but you also have some really complex and interesting spirits coming out as well or whiskeys coming out as well within irish so mm -hmm. we're it's taken because we've been in decline or we were in decline we were battling for survival it's taken us a while to build up our stocks as an industry and um you know be patient and lay, lay down whiskey. And now we're having this perfect time of new whiskeys 
um, whiskies that have you know are experimental you know different casts at play like we're we're gonna have our new Tullamore trilogy come out uh, later next year and that's 15 year old whiskey triple blend of grain malt and pot still our, our hallmark of Tullamore Dew it's triple distilled uh, and to complete the trifecta of trilogy it's Matured in bourbon, sherry, and uh, finished in rum casks as well. So you're rum seeing cast. rum casks oh, as well. Nice. So you're seeing a lot of interesting, uh, interesting whiskies come out. But in, to answer the question, I think it's the kind of no rules nature of Irish whiskey, but it's also to do with the flavour. You know, yeah. when kind of those honey vanillas, the triple distilled friendliness to it as well. Um, and maybe it's just a case of taste is back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is coming back. Yeah. I, th- I think. You know, with me, you know, four or five, six years ago, everybody was, you know, do shots of Irish whiskey, you know? yeah. And you know that that kind of opened my mind to it. And then I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to shoot this over. <laughs> you know, I want to enjoy it, enjoy it, you know. Yeah. And uh, and sip on it for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's it's not a trend. It's not a fad. Like there's, there's we're only in the infancy of what's to come from Irish whiskey. So I can't wait. And like one of my kind of favorite things, having been involved in. Uh, with Tullamore Jew and Irish whiskey is kind of uh, what you're seeing to link Irish pubs and Irish whiskey together. I remember the days when you go to Irish pubs and it's, it's still true to this day. You would have more single malt scotch yeah. than you would have Irish whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of sounds crazy, but you know, it's, it's kind of a little bit true still of today, but you're seeing that unbelievable shift of like um, Irish pubs like embracing guess what Irish whiskey so um, it's yeah just it's becoming more and more popular it's the education to it as well is really helping and a lot more to come a lot more to come alright we're going to taste some more stuff yeah this is the whiskey fueled and soaked adventure so um, I I got three different whiskeys here for you we have we'll start with the Tullamore G 12 year old Um, so this is pretty much the bigger brother of the original that we just had. So aged for a minimum of 12 years old. Again, that kind of hallmark about Tullamore Dew, it's triple distilled. It's what we call a triple blend, so made up of grain whiskey. So that sweetness, malt whiskey, that citrus fruit, and then a high proportion of pot still whiskey. And kind of the big difference you'll notice between this and the original is you have a lot more sherry cask influence at play. I'll break in again here. The uh, heat system came on and uh, made a real loud noise there, so I, I cut a little bit of this out. But here we are about to move on to the next sample. With Solomon G, we often talk about um, all three styles. Yeah. On this occasion, we're going to have just the one style. This is our single malt whiskey, so mm-hmm. no grain, no no pot still whiskey, all, all malted barley. Yeah. 10 years old, youngest drop in here is 10 years old. But what's really cool about this is this is matured and finished in four different types of cask. Ah. Now, I always tell people 70% of a whiskey's flavor yeah. comes from the cask it's matured in. When you're using four different types of cask, that's essentially going to be a flavor bomb that's going to detonate on your palate. <laughs> Any chance I get to use the word detonate and, <laughs> and whiskey tasting, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. But um, we use bourbon, sherry, so nothing too unusual there, but we also use Madeira and Port. Oh, nice. And this, this whiskey is made in an interesting way. As in it all grows up in bourbon cask. And then when it reaches roughly 10 years old, we'll send some of that liquid to be uh, finished in sherry. That's typically four to six months, depending on the cask. Okay. Uh, other uh, liquid from that bourbon 
or those bourbon casks will go for finishing in uh, port, port pipes, and again, that's four to six months. And then other liquid will go for finishing in Madeira and Madeira drums. So that's two to three months. Madeira imparts flavor very quickly, or Madeira casks, okay. I should yeah. say, uh, impart flavor very quickly. And then we'll vat it together all at the end. And um, this is what you get. So. A great job that is. You know what we're going to do? We're going to get some Madeira casks <laughs> and some port casks and some bourbon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> make it real easy. So this is one of those classic um, distillery experiments uh, that that worked. Right. <laughs> but, you know, a bit of warehouse play. Mm. But already you get um, a very robust flavor, you know, almost an earthiness. Without it yeah. being peated, you get that earthiness. Right. And I, because of the forecast, I think this almost tastes like a fruit bowl. You know, yeah, you've, you've so right. much flavor at play. Um, like the port pipe, or the port, um, the port pipe gives you a lot of dark, dry fruits. And mm. um, the sherry, you know, a bit of nuttiness to it as well. Madeira, um, a whole other world of flavor. And it, for me, it's one, you'll take one sip and then you'll revisit it on the second sip and you'll yeah. get just a different bouquet of flavors. Yeah, yeah. So that was the Telemore Dew single malt, four cask finish, aged 10 years. And of course, that means the youngest whiskey in that bottle is 10 years old. There might be older whiskey in there. That's got a great mouthfeel as well. Mm. And like, I think Irish whiskey as a whole probably doesn't get, you think single malt, you think Scotch. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Irish whiskey, we've um, some great single malts out there as well. But mm. I think we're more known for our blended whiskeys. Right. But you know what? We can, we can come out with some pretty tasty <laughs> good single malts as well. And you're seeing that even in, in the U.S. now. They're making some single malts and uh, yeah. all, all over, which seems like an interesting category. That's new and new and interesting category. Big time. So up next, mm. probably the most dangerous bottle in this room. <laughs> this is uh, the Tullamore Dew Phoenix. Phoenix is in Tullamore. Basically, Tullamore was the site of the world's first ever aviation disaster. I, I, I'm saying this with a smile, but time has passed. Uh, we can was, laugh about it now. Yeah, it was 1785. It was, so it wasn't a plane, it wasn't a blimp. It was a hot air balloon mm. that was launched into the town sky to celebrate the Earl of Tullamore's birthday. Mm. I get cake, candles, but you know some people launch hot air balloons. <laughs> um, but... This kind of celebration turned into chaos when the hot air balloon crashed into the barracks of the town and engulfed a third of the town in flames. Not a good day. No. Not the best birthday. Um, but what happened was the people of Tullamore rebuilt the town better than ever. And when that happened, the phoenix was, phoenix rising from the ashes was adopted as the town's crest, coat of arms. Yes. When you visit Tullamore, every lamppost and sign has the phoenix um, rising oh, wow. from the ashes there. So it's a big right. part of the town. Uh, when we like we talked about uh, the distillery opening, which is a front page news, not yeah. just in Tullamore, but all yeah. around Ireland. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the, um, you know, revival of... And whiskey blogs and stuff. Oh, yeah. I read, for, all, I read about it. Yeah, and not just for Tullamore Jew, but for the revival of Irish yeah. whiskey. Yeah, yeah. So we're opening a new distillery. We need to come out with... Uh -huh. A liquid to celebrate the occasion. Yeah. So we came out with uh, Tullamore Dew Phoenix. And whenever we talk about Phoenix, it's a fiery story. Mm -hmm. So we came up with a bit of a fiery liquid. This is a 55% ABV, 110 proof Irish whiskey. So full <laughs> throttle. Don't be nervous about this. Um, whenever I invite people to know it, people are a little bit intimidated by it, as in, it's 110 proof. It's just going to make my eyes water, my nose bleed, and my stomach tighten. But no, it's 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 really sweet. Yeah. Like 
very, very sweet on the nose. And um, again, what Tullamore Dew is famous for, uh, that triple distilled, that triple blend of grain malt and pot still. We do a two-year sherry cask finish on this, nice. which is a long time mm. for a, for yeah. a finish. We may have lost casks in the warehouse. Who knows? Yeah. And re, re, re them. This is, for me, like if you taste it, like starts off creamy, thick, honey, vanilla, and then like that will just flip on you. Yeah. You get loads of spice. You get this deep red wine influence that comes from the sherry cask. A real long finish. The spice doesn't come from the ABV. The spice comes from the pot still whiskey in it, right. but um, almost evaporates in your mouth. Almost kind of makes you want to <laughs> chew, and it's just—it's just a brilliant whiskey. Uh, but no age statement on this one. No, if we were to put an age statement on this, this would be a seven-year-old whiskey. Okay, and uh, non-chill filtered. Can you explain that? Yeah. So um, non-chill filtered, uh, basically, chill filtration is. Uh, almost described as uh, polishing your whiskey. Yeah. So when it drops below a certain temperature, you add ice into it, it can have these clouds form in the whiskey. Mm-hmm. When you chill filter, it removes that from happening. And ah, um, you must be removing some flavors as well. And that's the thought mm-hmm. behind it. And yeah. um, I've, I've had the, the chance to try chill filtered and non-chill filtered whiskey yeah. side by side. Yeah. Um, I haven't noticed the difference. Maybe my palate's not not strong <laughs> enough. But uh, when you're when you're up at this high ABV, you don't need to do chill filtration. Oh, okay. Because um, the ice wouldn't affect it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so non-chill filtered, limited edition because it was brought out for the opening of the distillery. Um, so that's why it's a a very special whiskey to try. So. Mm. Well, I suppose I should do a toast for this. There yeah, are, I'm just waiting. There are good <laughs> ships, there are wood ships, there are ships that sail the sea, but the best ships are friendships, and may they always be. <laughs> there we go. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is what we had at the uh, tail seminar. That's right, yeah. yeah. We, we finished it off with the, with the Phoenix, that's right, yeah. That was a fun seminar. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I definitely did. So <laughs> myself and Jerry Graham uh, back and forth on it. So it was, it was a fun, <laughs> fun seminar to work on. Wasn't that great? Tim Hurley's a great guy, and uh, I learned a lot about Irish whiskey, and we tasted some delicious Irish whiskey. And uh, stand by. We're going to let Tim give the toast this week. We always do a toast at the very end of the podcast. Uh, but first, I'll tell you, my name is Brian Vincent Weber. The website, again, is bartenderjourney.net. You can find me on Twitter at barkeeptips. You can email me for any reason at all. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, it's brian at bartenderjourney.net. Hey, I hope you've subscribed on iTunes or however you get your podcasts. Uh, I, I put a new link up on bartenderjourney.net that says subscribe on Android. If you haven't done that, if, if you're on Android and you haven't subscribed for whatever reason, that link will uh, help you out. It'll even suggest an app or two for you to uh, download if you don't have a podcatcher app on your Android phone. Um, so take a look at that. It's on the right-hand side on bartenderjourney.net, the right-hand column. If you're curious about the seminar Tim and I were talking about at the end, I actually recorded that entire seminar, and uh, it's available, it's going to be available for Tales 365 members, and you can hear that entire seminar and many, many others in their entireties at uh, Tales365.com. You can check that out if you like. The seminar was called Irish Pubs, How They Took Over the World. I just saw an interesting documentary recently. It's on Amazon Prime Video, and it's about all about Irish pub, about Irish pubs in Ireland, you know, 
authentic Irish pubs. And uh, that was really cool. That was a really cool documentary. And you can see that on Amazon Prime. If you like, you can get a free 30-day trial of Amazon Prime. That gives you free two-day shipping on Amazon items plus the Amazon video that I was talking about. And, you know, there's tons of original content on there and tons of... uh, other video content on there and uh so yeah free 30-day trial and if you go to bartenderjourney.net and you look for the posting that goes along with this show show number 143 you'll see a link to get your free 30-day uh trial on bartenderjourney.net once again please vote for my video if you if you're going to enter the cider shake contest i encourage you to do so and let me know i'll vote for you but whether or not you enter please vote for mine i'd really appreciate it uh if you go over to bartenderjourney.net you'll see my video you'll see the uh, i'll put a link there that'll make it easy for you to to find and you just got to give it thumbs up on youtube you have to do it though by december 31st 2015 before before uh, midnight before the stroke of midnight 2016 so uh yeah that would really help i'd appreciate it all right tim give us a toast to the death of thirst and birth of fond memories <laughs> cheers cheers we'll see you next time on bartender journey